This is the Confident Collective Podcast with your hosts, Christina Zias and Rayanne Langis, two plus-size models and body activists here to get real and candid about living your most confident life. Get ready for powerful conversations that will leave you laughing, motivated, and inspired. Hey, y'all. Oh, my gosh. Who am I? I am a coastal cowgirl. Hey, y'all. It's Rayanne. <laughs> How are you? Um, it is just me today. Well, I have a special guest joining me later, but it is just me, no Christina this week. Um, I am holding down the fort while she is spending some much needed time with her family and a little spicy vacay with her hubby, Steve. So we hope they're having an incredible time. And um, for now, you got me. Yeah, baby. Uh, so... Right now, I'm currently recording from my apartment, um, and I am eating a breakfast burrito. And I don't know if you know this, but I have uh, my own virtual breakfast burrito restaurant called Burrito AF, Burrito Affirmation. And I know you're like, Ran, what the heck does that mean? Well, it is a breakfast burrito restaurant available for delivery only. Um, it's on most, I think every delivery app. Now we just got onto Postmates. Woohoo. I don't know what your, uh, where you usually order. Um, but each burrito is a different affirmation. My personal favorite is the confident AF. It's got eggs, bacon, tater tots, the most important ingredient and cheese, of course. Um, basically we wanted like burrito affirmation. I want you to start your day off right. So at burrito affirmation, we are serving up some bomb ass breakfast burritos with a side of a confidence boosting daily affirmation. So you can just focus on being hot and not hangry. Okay. I just need you to live your life, eat the damn burrito. Um, and, and, and just feel your best. Um, I have always been a huge fan of breakfast burritos. So I was very excited for earlier this year when I launched this endeavor um, to bring you burrito affirmation. So you can go to burritoaffirmation.com and see if um, it's available for delivery in your area. If you order it, girl, post it, tag me so I can see, let me know what you think. Um, well, yeah, so I'm just eating my breakfast burrito because we're going to talk about breakups today. So I don't want to bore you and share too much of my story again, because I have shared quite a bit. Um, but I went through a very serious breakup. Um, it was about two years ago now. Um, I was with my long-term boyfriend at the time it was, uh, Six, we had been together for six years. We met when we were 18. He was my first and only boyfriend. You know, I thought we were going to be together forever. I was like, this is it. I'm going to marry this man. Um, and then he broke up with me right before Christmas, two years ago. Um, and we kind of like stayed in touch and, um, it was just, we did not do the uh, no contact rule that we're going to talk about in this episode. Um, we stayed in touch and kind of still saw each other and talked to each other all the way up until um, last year. 
about August in the pandemic. Um, the pandemic kind of brought us back together. And um, yeah, then in August, we kind of had our firm break and really have had basically next to no contact. Um, and breakups are really, really fucking hard. Um, they bring out so many emotions. It's like, I honestly, it feels like you're grieving the loss of someone. Like, obviously they haven't, you know, passed, but on, in some ways it's, I don't want to say it's harder, but it does feel that way sometimes because they're still there and you can't, you can't have them. And, um, it's, it, it's just a very, very hard thing that most of us go through to navigate. Um, it's emotionally really draining. Um, and sometimes you feel like, I remember feeling like, how am I, oh my God, am I going to cry? Woo. Um, I remember feeling like such immense heartbreak. I didn't know if I, I honestly couldn't fathom how I would ever feel like a whole person again. Um, so this episode, I'm sitting down with Kendra. Um, she is the genius behind your breakup bestie on Instagram. Um, and she shares insights and tips on how to help you get through a breakup and get over your ex. Um, she oftentimes <laughs> shares messages that we don't necessarily like to hear, but like why you should just stop looking at your ex's Instagram and why your breakup really isn't that different. She shares some hard truths that sometimes we need to hear. Um, so today we're going to just chat to her about that. And she's going to share her tips on how to get through a breakup, um, and start living your best life. And I know that sometimes it feels like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get through with this? How am I going to get through this? And, um, she really shares, um, some very valuable insight and tips on how to get through that season and come out of it on the other side. Um, so I'm really excited to chat with her today. Uh, I, you know, personally, it's so crazy to think back on. I am like so thankful that I got dumped because I would not be where I am today. I was, I share a little bit in this episode that I was so wrapped up in my partner. I lived for him. I didn't live for myself. Everything I did, every decision I made, I thought about him first. Like what's his schedule? What's he doing? Because I just was so obsessed with him and kind of lost, lost myself. Um, and it was a bless, such a blessing that he did break up with me and I was forced to be on my own and learn how to live for myself and invest in myself and realize that it's unfair for me and it's unfair for whatever future partner I have to put that kind of pressure into a relationship. So I, for I, if you are going through a breakup, I just want you to know that I feel for you. We have, most of us have been there and you will come out on the other side. Um, and if you're not going through a breakup, this is still a great episode. Maybe you have a friend or a sister going through something like this. So I'm going to stop rambling and let's just j dive, jive, <laughs> dive right in and welcome Kendra to the podcast. 
also, I am sitting here on my living room couch with Kendra. She is the genius behind your breakup bestie on Instagram. And I can't even talk. I talk a lot about my relationship and breakup because it was such a big part of my life. So I've talked a lot about it on the podcast. And whenever I do, I'm just like so crazy with how many messages I get and what I hear from people about like going through similar things or just like breakups in general are just like such a huge part of life that sucks so bad. (laughs) They do. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm really excited to chat with you. But before we get started, I need to know, how did you get into this? Was there like a breakup that spurred this? Like what, why were you like, this is going to be my passion? Yeah. Cause it was not when I was like 12 and I was like, I'm going to be a breakup coach one day. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, it started from a breakup. I went through like late teens, early twenties were just horrendous for me. Relationship wise. I was with a narcissist, like really abusive relationship for three years. And then I went into this pattern of being with emotionally unavailable men finally got into a healthy relationship. Like in my mid twenties, we were together for a year and a half around this time. I was also, I got sober when I was 21. So when I was 24, 25, I got dumped and it was like, it was the first healthy relationship that I'd ever got broken up out of. So Mm. it felt so much more painful. I also like had been getting sober. And so I like, couldn't turn to like the normal things that I would like, I was like, okay, I can't, I had this realization, like you can't sleep with other people to get out of this. Like you can't drink your way out of this. It's like, this is it. You're here. You got to figure out how to like deal with life in this way. Right. So I kind of just made this decision of, okay, I'm actually going to figure out like what it takes to go through a breakup in a healthy way. And so I literally just became like a sponge. I started asking women I knew to go to coffee who had like gone through divorces or things like that. And I said, just what, what do I do? <laughs> like, tell me what to do. Like, so, help me. <laughs> yeah. Help me. And I just, anytime someone was like, read this book, I would immediately go on my phone on Amazon and order the book. Or someone said, try this writing assignment or try this, try that. And I tried everything. And I, you know, was able to like go through this in such a new way. And I think people started taking notice. So I became the like go-to friend for breakups in my social circle. Mm -hmm. And I'd always been work-wise in the coaching kind of space. So for me at one point I said, I'm going to look online and like see what's out there breakup-wise because you're right. It's so universal. It's so traumatic. It's something that is, it completely shakes your world. Yet there's just not a lot out there. And I remember thinking like when I got sober, there were so many resources and programs and there was so much out there to show me exactly what to do. But for breakups, there was nothing like that. And anything that was online was how to get your, like how to get over your ex in 21 days, how to get your ex, like do this action and your ex will come running back. Like just kind of bullshit like that. Sounds like headlines in like Cosmo or something totally. from like yeah. when we were growing up. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was exactly that. It was like all this gimmicky stuff that I would have 1000% have bought at one point in my life. And so I said, there's gotta be someone out there that gives not like the magic pill advice, just gives like the real advice. Mm-hmm. Breakups suck. They're really hard. These are some things that you can do to make it better. These are some things you can do to heal through it. Um, and so I started my Instagram 
in 2017 and just started writing blog posts. And then it's really just like evolved from there. What I love about your content is like, you don't really sugarcoat it. Like sometimes you're like, like one you did recently was like, if you think your breakup was like different, like here's why you need to like check yourself. And I just think that is like you've taken, it's not like this. I I just think it's important. Sometimes we need to hear that, like what we don't want to hear. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's hard because we can't, it's like, we can't really expect our friends to give us that advice. The advice that I give on breakup bestie is probably advice that would be hard for me to give my best friend, right. you know, cause it's, it's not easy to say like, Hey, your ex doesn't know you anything or your breakup's not that different. That's hard to say, it but is. I, I'm glad I've been able to create a space and create a platform where people can hear the stuff that they need to. Yeah. Is there any like common things that you hear like again and again, that's like when it comes to a breakup, like, is there like what, when you think of like, okay, I always hear this. There's, yeah, there's a lot of themes and it's so funny because I feel like they come in waves. Like I'll go through a phase where I'm hearing one particular question a lot. Interesting. So, I mean, the the first one I hear is like, what, do, how do I get over a breakup? Which is obviously such a loaded question and so hard to, you know, walk someone through. But I, I generally hear my ex was my best friend. That's like, that's the one where I'm like, it's not different. Everyone's, everyone becomes really? best friends with their ex. Oh, see, I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> but most of the time, like if you're spending like years with yes. someone, they you develop this like really close friendship. Mm-hmm. So I hear that a lot. Um, people will say, I didn't get closure. It's essentially like people love to give me the excuses as to why they're not going to be able to, to get over this breakup. Okay. So what would you say to someone if like, for example, they're like, I... I mean, I guess what, yeah. What do you say when someone asks you, like, how do I get over a breakup? I mean, that's like, you like go through my page. Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> I'm like, that's not a question I can answer in a DM. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I mean, essentially that's like what my whole page and my podcast and my courses are all about. I typically tell people the first thing to do is like, if you just went through a breakup, you got to get on a foundation where you feel fine, like where you feel not fine, but feel equipped to go to work like you still have to take care of your life. That's the mm-hmm. thing is like breakup will happen on a Sunday and then maybe you can take Monday off, but like Tuesday, you got to go back to work. Yeah. So my whole thing is in the beginning is like, figure out whatever you have to do to make it. So you're like, you can stand on two feet. Mm-hmm. That's like the first thing to do is like, how do you not melt down all day, every day? And then we kind of start digging into some of the deeper layers of like, what did this trigger for you? Like, how do we kind of detox your ex from your life and those kind of things. But the first thing is like, you got to make sure you, you can stand up. Yeah. Which it's like, I, I honestly kind of forgot about that phase and t- because it is crippling. Like when it first happens, like, and I was trying to like think back in preparation to this episode of like, okay, when my ex bo- broke up with me, like those days, like I couldn't, I would just like cry like randomly, like sitting somewhere crying. Like you can't, it it honestly like overtakes everything. And it's hard to even think about anything else. Like that is like, it's like tunnel vision. Yeah. So honestly, I'm like, it's now that I'm removed from it. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like you got to go to work. You got like, when you're in it, it's so fucking hard. It's so hard. And I like, I have so many memories of 
crying in public because like, I have this very vivid memory of my friends had me all had me go to Vegas with them after my breakup. They're like, let's get you out and having fun. And I'm like front row at a pool party in front of the DJ. And I just like lose it. Like, yeah. Cause I see like two drunk people making out and I'm like, I don't have that. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. Oh my God. Everything reminds you of your ex. So that's why I like, even in my course, I have like a breakup first aid kit. It, I get down to the point where I'm like, pick what you listen to, pick the songs you're listening to in the car, pick what you're watching on TV. Like be very mindful of the things that you're watching. Cause there are going to be things completely out of your your control that reminds you of your ex, but control what you can. Mm -hmm. Is it normal to like, I guess, is there a time where you think like you don't think about your ex? Yeah, I do. I do. And I think it, I think it's happens in really small phases where like you'll, you'll make it to lunch and you're like, Oh, I haven't thought about my ex yet today. Like mm -hmm. you'll make it to like noon. And then there's a time where you're sitting, laying in bed at night and you're like, I didn't think about my ex today. So it, it happens in like really, well, you don't really realize it. Yes. It happens in really small phases. And then I think it's like, wow, I've gone a couple of days or I've gone a week or, or things like that. But I, I, it's hard. It's also hard for me to answer that. Cause I feel like I just talk about breakups all day. So I'm like constantly thinking about like my last relationships. You're like, I actually think about mine all the time, all the time, but solely for content purposes. Yes. Yeah. You're building a brand off of it, yeah. a business. Yeah. So thank you to your exes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. I want one of the main things I want to talk about, cause I feel like it's so hard now in our space that you're no contact rule. Yeah. I got like a lot of questions that were like, can you stay in contact? You're laughing. Yeah. Can you stay in contact with your ex? And I want to share it to make people feel better. I was like, my ex and I broke up two times and both times we would talk to each other. We would see each other. We would sleep together. Yeah. Like, but we were broken up, but we were, I was like, I, so I am like the poster child for breaking up and staying in full contact. <laughs> So talk to me about the no contact rule. Yeah. And I have too. It's like, I, I think people assume that I talk about it so much that I assume it's, that I tell you it's easy. It's like, it's not easy by any means. And is it possible to get over your ex and stay in contact with them? Yeah, of course. Like anything, anything's possible, but I basically say like, do you want to make it a hundred times harder on yourself? That's like, that's the question. Mm -hmm. Do you want to make it last longer and be harder? And if that's okay with you, then, you know, do what, do what you got to do. Um, but that's like, you described it perfectly because when you talk to someone that you have all these feelings for, you're going to talk and that's going to feel good. And then you're going to want to see each other and that feels good. And then you're going to sleep together because that's, that's what you guys used to do. It's like, there isn't, and this is what I tell people with friendship. It'd be great if our heart had this switch that could be like, okay, that person, they're just your friend now. Like you have no feelings towards them. You have no physical attraction towards them. That's just not how it works. So that's the thing. It's like a very slippery slope and it's, you're going to be reminded of all the good things when you talk to them, you're going to get like all these dopamine hits. So that's why I say it's way harder. You also have to consider all the healing work that has to happen after a breakup. You need the space to do that, honestly. And it's like really hard 
to do that work when you're still in contact with your ex, especially if you're someone that wants to get back together with your ex. If you want to get back together with your ex and you keep talking to them, you're not going to do any of the work to get over them because why would you? Because you're hoping that next week they're going to change their mind and want to get back together with you. Mm. So what is your, so you say like the ideal situation is to break up and then no, no, like, do you, do you suggest like unfollow them on social? Like, what do you, what's like your, your, like, if you were telling someone like, okay, this is the hard hitting truth. This is what you need to do. What is that advice? Yeah, it would be, you guys break up, you handle all the logistics in the beginning. Cause there are logistics like returning stuff. If you guys have trips, like splitting the cost of whatever, all that stuff, you take care of the logistics and then you, st- and then you delete the text thread conversation you had with them. You unfollow them on social media. I know. (laughs) What do you you mean? I shouldn't go back and reread my text and cry about it and like reminisce. Weird. I know. (laughs) Such drastic advice. Um, I tell people like literally go around your house and anything, any pictures, you don't have to throw them away. Just like stash them in a box and like get them out of sight, out of mind. Um, Tell your, I have like a whole checklist thing, but you would tell your friends, I love you, but I don't want to hear anything about my ex you find out they're dating someone new, please do not share that information with me. Tell them that in the beginning. So you basically like kind of go through this thing, but yeah, the goal is that you, if your ex were to start dating someone new, you would not know about it. Isn't that, isn't it hard because it's like, do you want to know what you don't want to know, know, but you don't want to know. Yeah. Mm, And unfollow, do you say unfollow them on social mute? So here's the thing. When I did, like the first time I did no contact, I'm actually like, I'm pretty gracious with this because I, it took me a long time to get to that place. The first thing is like, at least mute them. At least like, if you're going to look, have it be on your own terms. Like don't be scrolling and just have a picture pop up and like shock you, shock you. Um, ideally, yes, you would unfollow them. Um, but I, you can take it in small pieces if, if you need to, but like Mm -hmm. pay attention to how does it make you feel when you look like write it down in your journal? How does it feel after I look like I feel like shit? Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't feel good. No, it's like, and I was actually just talking to my friend about this. I, I hadn't looked at my ex's stuff in a while. And on the 4th of July, I had a couple drinks and I looked and I just started crying. Cause like what I saw was just like, and, and I, and I said to her, I was like, I don't know. It's like interesting. Like, why do we feel the need to look? Because no matter what we see, it's not going to be what we want. Totally. Like no matter what we see, like he could, you know what I mean? And we just set ourselves up to like hurt. So I, whenever I like, I'm like, cause once you look again, I feel like it's like opening Pandora's box. I don't even know if that's the right saying, but it's yeah. like, you know, it's like, oh, and then it's on your mind to test it again. And so I'm like, I'm not going to look again. So if I ever had the urge to look. I'm like, okay, go fill your water bottle. I like literally make myself do something to not look. I don't know. Do you have any tips for someone who's yeah. like, I just can't not look. Yeah. Like the, pa- I mean, if you're someone that really cannot not look, um, I recommend block, like if you can blocking them, like get to a place where like, I, and this is hard if your ex's profile is public. Cause then you can always just like unblock and go look, but yeah. So I tell people at first look at it through the curiosity standpoint, every time you're about to go look, take out your journal and write down how you're feeling. 
and then write down how you're feeling afterwards. And then also, if you notice yourself obsessing about how much you're thinking about looking, write that down too. But like, pay attention to how much time you're thinking about it, how it makes you feel before, how it makes you feel after, and then just look at it that way. So that way you're not like judging yourself. You're just kind of taking inventory of that. But yeah, like exactly what you said, do a, do a pattern interrupt, go for a walk, call a friend, pattern, a pattern interrupt. Yes. That's the a real term for it. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, no. And that's exactly what you said. Like go get water, okay. text your friend and say, I want to look at his, at his page. Um, because it can get, I mean, I've gotten messages from people that say they're not like their ex is private. They're not following them, but they noticed that their, their number of posts went went from 168 to 169. And they're like, it's exhausting. Or the number of people they're like, my ex started following a bunch more people after we broke up. It's like that stuff drives you fucking insane. Insane. (laughs) Insane. Yeah. Like that's just exhausting thinking about it, but it's kind of nice to hear that you're like a lot of us do that. (laughs) I one time asked, I call it playing investigator. I asked people like what they've done to play investigator and you, I mean, there's nothing, nothing is surprising. Really? Like, yeah. Like they'll go on like their mom's Facebook page to like look at their ex. They'll look at like their ex's works, Instagram. Um, Venmo is a big place where people will do stalking. Wait, this is, I don't need to hear this. Ah, yeah, we're, this now we're not, just giving is, people yeah, advice. <laughs> these are not ways that you should look. These drive people crazy. No one was proud of this when they submit this to me. Um, oh but yeah, gosh. no, I just, just to normalize it, like people totally will do whatever they can to like find any amount of information mm-hmm. about their ex that ultimately, like, like you said, even if you, not that this would happen, but if you ever saw your ex, like post a picture of them crying, like still wouldn't feel good. You'd be like, I need to go comfort them. They miss me. We should get back together. You know, it's like literally no matter what, you're going to see something, you're not going to feel good about it. Mm -hmm. And the goal with no contact is to give your, cause sometimes I feel like people need to hear like, this is why you need to be no contact. Yeah. So honestly, like it, I mean, there's a bunch of different ways to look at it. The way I like to look at it is when you're in a relationship with someone, you're getting all these like chemicals, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, like your body's pumping them through. And then the breakup happens and your body's still expecting all these feel good chemicals, but the source of them is gone. And so your body literally has to detox those. So anytime you hear their voice, you see them, um, you smell them, like you're going to get rushed with all of those chemicals again. And you kind of have to like start over. Like I look at it as like detoxing from drugs almost, you have to go through that process. And also, even if in your mind, you want to be friends with your ex at some point in the future, you have to learn how to live with them not being your partner. You ha- That's like the goal of the breakup is you learn how to live without that person in that role in your life. And so you have to give yourself the opportunity to learn how to do that. So many people think they can't live without their ex. And it's just because that they've never actually tried. Yeah. Damn. The hard, you're dropping the hard truth on us, Kendra. (laughs) Um, Okay. I want to jump into some questions that I got um, and we can just run through them if that sounds good with you. So this one that I got a lot was, do you think, and we kind of touched on it, but I just want to hear your answer. Do you think you can be friends with your ex? So, do I think at some point, maybe, um, this is the the way I look at it is 
I already have so many great friends. Like, why would I want to have someone who triggers me and pulls at my heartstrings and like has all this history and baggage with me as a friend? Like, that's just the way I look at it is like, that's just not something that I need. Um, in the beginning, I'd say absolutely not. Cause it's the same thing I talked about. Like your heart doesn't have a switch. And if you, if you like want to do like a litmus test on when, whether or not you can be friends with your ex, picture them telling you that they're going to go out on a date. If How you feel, it, yeah. yeah. If you feel okay about it, sure. And that's your friend. If you don't, that's not your friend. That's more than a friend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I have enough friends. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you have, like we have friends. We don't need yeah. someone that caused us a ton of pain or, you know, hurt us at any point. Like we don't. And I also think another thing, does your ex meet the standard that you have for a friend? Like I'll get messages and they'll be like, my ex uh, gaslit me or like, you know, was toxic and did all these things and they really want to be friends. And I'm like, why, why the hell would you want to be friends with someone like that? Yeah. Like hold them to the same standard as you would hold your actual friends. And one thing I kind of think about is like, I, there's no way, like I, I, I am very, um, some may say, use the word obsessive. Um, I like to use passionate yeah. when it comes to relationships, but I just like in no way in my mind, could I ever be friends with an ex? I just, I like, I care about people's so once I like let someone in like that, like I just couldn't even fathom how, like you said, if they said to me, I'm going on a date, I would throw up on the sidewalk. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm sorry, excuse me. Like, I honestly just could not wrap my head around it. And I always think about like when people say, Oh, I think like you can be friends. Like if you can great, but like, I just don't know what value that person would bring. Like I saw them as a life partner. And if they're not that, then like what value could they bring to me that another friend couldn't? you know? Exactly. And I, I think it's like, there's something that bugs me. I think there's something in society that's like, it, you're a good person. If you can be friends with your ex, like you're like, you're a, like a righteous or like a mature. Person. Yeah. Like you're very <laughs> mature. Like, Oh, I'm friends with all of my exes. It's like, that's not necessarily like a good thing to like for everyone. And also think about too, like so many people, if you put yourself in your next relationship, let's pretend that the person that you're with is best friends with all their exes. Like, would that make you feel good? I don't know. So it's like, we hold different things to different standards. Um, so I'm just not, I'm just, I'm going to say no, okay. I'm not a fan unless you like have kids and like have to co-parent then. Yeah. Then we're getting into, that's like a whole nother, that's a whole thing, which I don't even, I've never been through that. So I, I'm definitely not, not an expert on it. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. How do you put yourself back out there after a breakup to get the, like to go back out and date again? Yeah, no, it's a good question. So, cause I think what ends up happening is you'll either date to get over your ex, which I I'm like, not a big fan of that because I think if you're going out there looking for someone to be the answer to your heartbreak, you're, you're going to be disappointed or you're going to just like, I say, if you're looking for a partner, like any partner to just get you out of your pain, you're probably not going to find the best one. Mm -hmm. That's the time when you're like going to blow past, blow past red flags. Um, like not pay attention to your non-negotiables. So I think once you can get to the place where you're, you feel pretty good about your healing and you're just ready. To, you're just like excited to see what's out there. And you like, you're just ready to like add that back into your life. Um, 
the one thing that I see with people after a breakup is they're so scared to get hurt again that they'll just go out there like surrounded by this huge brick wall to protect their heart. And obviously that's not how you want to approach it. So I think what's important is to really take the time to learn, were there any glaring lessons from this breakup that I, I need to pay attention to? Because that way you can have little kind of bricks up in places where you've been hurt before, places you're more sensitive, you have trauma, you have past things, and otherwise you can be somewhat open. So I think it's really important to be able to learn the lessons and take those with you because that's how we learn what we want is by going through other relationships. So, and also like, don't go out there looking to meet your husband on your first date. You know, it's Mm -hmm. take the time to try out a few, you know, a bunch of different dates and, and just go into the expectation of like, I'm going to go meet someone interesting and have a good conversation. Yeah. It's interesting because I read this book wired for dating. It's like kind of, I don't know. My friend's therapist recommended it to her and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. And, um, so it was, it was interesting because they did say in that book, like basically not like the best way to get over someone to get under someone like not, that's not what it was, but it was like, how do you expect, of course, like if you spent all this time with someone, all your memories are with them. So of course you're going to go back to them, like, and not back to them, but you're going to think about them until you start like creating new memories with new people. Yes. And I did think that was interesting because I, it took me a while, like a year. It took me a long time to feel like even the desire to go on a date. Like I wasn't even interested. I was like, I have literally like no desire. And I was just terrified to go on a date. Like that's a whole other story. But I was like, you know, I do feel like I want to start like experiencing new things with someone else. And that's when I was like, okay, then I think I'm ready to go out on a date. And I, people ask me, do you feel like you have to be completely over your ex before you date? And I think the answer is no, because I actually think one of the last phases of healing actually takes place dating because you can heal in your home on your own for a good amount. You know, you can, but it's not till you get out there, it'll start kind of spotlighting different things that you maybe still haven't worked on that you maybe still haven't thought through and processed and healed through. So Mm -hmm. I actually think dating is a great way to, you know, finish off your, your healing process. And I think there's even so much benefit. If you're someone that thinks that you'll never meet someone good ever again, I think there are great people to go look on dating apps and see like, oh my God, there's so many people out there that, I could meet. So sometimes it's good to get out there just so you can like start expanding your horizons. Definitely. Mm, I love that. Um, okay. Someone asked, is it normal to think about them years later? I still get nostalgic after seven years. Yeah. I, I, that's, I think it's, it goes along the lines with having like dreams about your ex. Like if you think about your ex, if you have dreams about your ex, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything. Like it doesn't mean anything. All it means is that you shared a lot with a particular person. And it's like, if you spent years with someone and then 10 years later, I, it happens to me all the time. And and not just cause I, you know, have to think about them a lot, but like, I'll go to a restaurant and I'm like, Oh, I went to this with, with so-and-so. And it's like, that was a really fun 
time. Does that mean I still have any feelings for them? No, it just means I think about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, see the dream thing. Yeah. It's so interesting. Cause I'm the kind of person I'm like, oh, what does this mean? Yeah. I'm like, what is this? Is this a sign from the universe? Not a sign to get back together or anything, but like, I'm like, what is this saying? Well, the way that like the research I've done on it is essentially your brain processes events and things when you're sleeping. And so it's really just like an extension of what you're processing throughout the day. Interesting. Okay. So maybe there was something that you were like, yeah. made you think about them and then they might show up in your dream. Even like subconsciously, like where you didn't realize something reminded you of them that day. Right. And then you have a dream about them. But like my husband and I will talk about like, oh, I had a dream about so-and-so and he'll be like, oh, I had a dream about so-and-so. Like it's, it, it does it mean that we're not supposed to be married and we're like having second thoughts? Like, <laughs> no, it just means something reminded us or it's just sometimes we have weird dreams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, woo woo. I'm like, what is I get that. That's actually probably top 10, um, most asked questions, is dreams. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I yeah. did not think that would be top 10. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, yeah. I get it all the time. Interesting because this is like a little off topic, but I used to have when I was with my boyfriend and this is where I think maybe I have like a sixth sense. I would have dreams that he was like talking to other girls or cheating on me. And I was right. Yeah. I wouldn't say cheat talking. I wouldn't say he, Oh, it's complicated, but yeah. I think sometimes our intuition shows up in that way where it's like probably something you knew, you knew, you just didn't yes. want to like, yeah, my therapist yeah. was like, my therapist was like, okay, well, I don't think you should walk around saying you have a sixth sense, yeah. but, um, she was like, it's probably something that you, it was already nagging on you and it came to light in these dreams. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> okay. How do you get over? And this is one I would love to hear your insight on too. Not wanting to see your ex with someone else. So I think the first thing is to recognize like we're never, it's it's never going to be like a joyous occasion to see our ex with someone else. Like I honestly, I don't really care like how much time has passed. It's just like a weird, it's just a really weird phenomenon because mm-hmm. then you're thinking of all the things you guys used to do together. And then you have to think about him doing it with someone else. So I think- like just normalizing it and validating it that it's hard. It's not even like, oh, you're immature that you're not happy for them. Like, no, it's just, it's a really weird thing we have to go through. Um, I think be really careful of what you make it mean. Because what I mean by that is a lot of people will say my ex moved on after X amount of time, let's say two months, three months, like, or it might be faster that must mean that they never cared about me, that the relationship didn't mean anything to them. They're completely over it. So I think we sometimes make it mean that we're not good enough. We'll start comparing like, oh, she's prettier than me or smarter than me or more successful than me. And so we just, we just make it mean, we make it really personal. And at the end of the day, it's just not, it's not a personal thing. Like it's not a competition. It's just your ex is coping how they've coped. So maybe they're coping with dating someone else. Maybe they did work through the breakup faster. Maybe they haven't, like maybe the feelings of the breakup will come out later on. I think think that's a big difference between men and women. Women, the pain tends to hit them a lot faster. Men, it tends to take a little bit longer before them, before they like start processing the actual breakup. So 
I think it's just like, it's not a personal thing. It's a painful thing. Um, and you can soothe yourself in whatever way you need to after seeing that. And that's why like the goal would be to not have to see that, to not have to find out Mm -hmm. because it is going to hurt no matter what phase you're at seeing it. Yeah. I think that I know. And I always think about like, if I ever ran into an ex, like if they were with someone, what would I, what would happen? You know what I mean? Like, why do we put ourselves in that? But I think it is such a good point. Like we can't make it about us and what we are lacking. Yeah. Because it's just, they're in a different place. Now you're in a different place. Now what, who they're with or what they look like or what they do has not nothing to do with you. Um, but that's so hard to make that separation. It is really hard. And even if it's like, even if you're crying about it or like have a lot of negative self-talk about it, just keep bringing it back to like, it's, this is not about me. Like it doesn't mean anything bad about me. It just means that that's the decision that they've, you know, went with and Mm -hmm. that's, that's how it's turning out. But again, like you guys are on my biggest, like one of my biggest mantras is like, you got to stay in your lane after a breakup and they're in their lane, you're in yours. There's no like correlation to your worth, what they're doing, like how your ex chooses to move on is not a reflection of your worth. Mm -hmm. And I think once you get to that point where it's like, cause I, I think about it, I'm like, I obviously care about my ex. You know, I think he's a good person. I don't want him to be alone and sad. Like, I don't want that. But at the same time, I'm like, mm, I don't want him to do with someone cooler than me. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like this, like, it's so, it's like a double-edged sword. But I think it's like, the. I got to a place recently where I was like, you know, I, I want him to find someone. And that was like, whoa, that, do I want, will I be excited? No, but I don't want him to be like, die alone. Like, totally. Yeah. And I think, I think once you can get, The ultimate goal of a breakup, I think, is to be able to learn how to live without this person, be able to recognize the really beautiful parts of your relationship. I think that's a very key part to healing. I think you have to get to that place and yeah, getting to a place. And I remember I had the same thing with an ex where I I finally wrote in my journal. I was like, I really hope he figures out what he wants. Hmm. And it was like, it didn't have anything to do with me. It's not, I hope he figures out he wants me. It's, I hope he just figures out what he wants. And that was a big indicator to me that, okay, I'm, I'm getting through this. Like I'm moving through this. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, okay. What does it mean? This is a good one. What does it mean when they immediately jump into a new relationship? I think it means that they don't know how to regulate their emotions. And so they need someone else to regulate them for them. Meaning like they don't know how to cope with being sad. They, maybe they don't know how to be alone. I don't, it's like never like a good, I don't think it's ever a good thing. I think it usually means that there's something lacking and they don't know how to self-soothe. They don't know how to cope. So the way that they do that is to be like, oh, someone else will fix that for me, whether they're doing that consciously or subconsciously. So it's not like, again, we need to remind ourselves it's not about you. Like No, it's not about you. If anything, it means like they're struggling. And so they've decided to move on into a new relationship. The one thing I will caution is a lot of times someone will say, they moved on. So they must, they'll turn it into like, they must've been cheating. And that's like, we don't, don't make up stories that make it worse for you. Right. 
That, why do we love to do that? We love to like create these false narratives and these stories that make it like the worst case. The worst. Yeah. So don't, don't do that because you don't know, like, you just have to keep saying like, I don't know what this is. I'd rather you be at a place of like, this hurts, but I don't know why it happened rather than they were cheating. They did this, they did that. Cause you don't know. Why do you think when it comes to relationships and breakups, why do we feel like we use this word closure? Like, why do we, why is that just an excuse for like, I need closure? Like why, what is this? What is our need for this? I think, well, I think some people want closure. I'll, I'll speak to myself in the past when I've really wanted closure. It's not because I want to like learn from why they broke up with me. Typically it's because I think if I know why they broke up with me, I can counteract and like argue my way back into the relationship. Like I can be, it's like, Oh, you broke up with me because we didn't have good communication. Well, I'm going to therapy and I'm going to work on my communication and it's going to be awesome. So I think sometimes that's it. I do think we believe that if we got closure in this pretty wrapped package with a bow on it, we think it'll make the breakup easier. Uh, I don't think, I don't think it does. Honestly, if you, if you take that need for closure away, it's still, it hurts. Like no matter how you slice a breakup, it's going to hurt. Okay. Do you have any, like, what are some of the, or you mentioned earlier, like books that you read or resources? Um, I'm going to have you pimp yourself out at the end and where people can find you and your resources, but were there any books that really helped you? Yeah. And it's interesting. Like none of them were directly related to breakups for me. Um, the number one book that I read was the untethered soul. It just like helped me. It's all about like how to disconnect from that, like voice in your head. Cause the thing that I had the hardest time with was like this awful negative self-talk that was like just lowering my self-esteem and my self-worth. So that was a really helpful one for me. Um, broken open was another really good book. It's like a series of stories about people who like hit rock bottom and what they were able to like turn themselves, like turn that into those were two big ones. Return to love by Marion Williamson. And then, um, there's a daily reflection book all about codependency breakups, bring up a lot of codependency stuff. If you're someone that struggles with codependency issues. So it's like a daily reflection book that like brings up different topics of how to overcome codependency. It's called the language of letting go. Wait, what are some codependency issues? So codependency, and I'm by no means an expert on this, but essentially codependency is like, you need someone else. Basically like your entire identity self-worth is wrapped up in one up in another person. So if like an example would be if you're codependent on your partner and your partner comes home from work and had a really rough day and they're in a bad mood, it will completely ruin you because they're not happy with you because they're just not happy in general because they just had a bad day. So it's like we base all of our emotions, our worthiness based on how someone else is treating us. So that's like, you'll hear when, if someone says like they got out of a breakup and they're like, I feel like I can't breathe without them. I feel like I don't know how to like go out to dinner, basically. Like that's usually an example of a codependent relationship. Mm, I definitely, I think I definitely struggled with that. I think one of the biggest things for me after the breakup was learning to be, do things alone, which yeah. was like crazy. Cause now I do everything alone. I'm like, I'd rather do it alone. People are annoying. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, but. it's powerful when you can go from not knowing how to do it to like, like I couldn't even go it. to target without, like, I like, I think about things or like, and it was weird. Like I 
wouldn't even want to like, like I always, if there was an option that he was available, I didn't want to want to do anything else. I would want to see him. Yeah. I wanted to be with him. And like, Oh, it was just like, now I can't even imagine going back to that. And I think, um, like you said, a lot of books helped you after the breakup. It was so interesting. I read through many books and learned that like almost a lot of the things I put on them in the breakup, I actually was like, Oh shit, I got some issues. You know what I mean? Totally. And that's another big part of going through a breakup is like, it's good to knock your ex off the pedestal and to pay attention to the things that they did. I think that's really important. And then it's important to get to the place where you can recognize your faults. Yes. Not in a blaming or beat the shit out of you kind of a way, but just in a way of, I I like to look at it as like empowering. Um, because if you think something is entirely someone else's fault, that's completely out of your control. Like you can't do anything about it, but if you can realize, like for me at once, I realized the reason I was kept being with emotionally unavailable men was because of like my own beliefs about myself. Like I didn't think I was commitment material. So I kept being with people that confirmed that. But for me to realize that was empowering because it's like, oh, I cha- I can change that. Like I can change my own beliefs. Mm. Is there, were there, were there things that you did? Like, like you said, was it going to therapy, reading these books that like after the breakup that prepared you to go into a healthier relationship? Yeah. Therapy was huge for me. Um, so was like, I tell people, if you have to go through a breakup on a deserted Island and you can take one thing, like it should be a journal. Honestly, I just learned so much about myself from myself, from writing. There's just like something that happens when I put pen to paper. It's like things that I don't realize that I'm thinking about or believe about myself. So journaling was huge. Therapy was really, really big because it just having that outside perspective, to show you what's going on because it's like, we know our friends are going to like pump us up and that's what they're there for. Like they're there to be hype women or like that kind of thing. So having a therapist objectively walk you through the situation is, is really helpful. Um, but yeah, journaling and therapy, I think are like the number one things I would recommend. And do you like give people like prompts to journal or is it just like, just free journal or cause I kind of get intimidated. I'll like free journal. Occasionally I go yeah. through spurts where I'm like, Oh my God, I'm a journaler. And yeah. I don't do it for like a month, but I'm like, what do I, what do I write? Yeah. So I, I, I think ideally you, you could get to a point where like it just comes out of you, but I think okay. it takes some like warming up. Okay. Um, so yeah, I give people, I have a journal where I give people prompts every day if they ever get stuck. Um, but yeah, I think it, like I'm a huge fan of writing letters write a letter to the universe, write a letter to your ex, write a letter to yourself, write a letter to your kid's self, your future self. Like I'm just such a big fan of like communicating my feelings in that way. Cool. I yeah. like joke. If anyone gets off a coaching session with me, they'll usually have like three letter assignments. To <laughs> <laughs> You're like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Okay. So speaking of where can everyone find you? Cause you have so many amazing resources. Honestly, we're just like scraping the surface here. This is such a great combo, but where can people find you who are needing, needing more? Yeah. So the best place to connect with me is on Instagram at your breakup bestie. And then my website is breakupbestie.com. I have four different courses. I have my 30 day, no contact challenge. If you're struggling with no contact, um, I do one-on-one coaching. Um, and then I also have my podcast, heal your heartbreak. 
Amazing. And I'll be on Kendra's podcast as well. Yes. So after this, head on over to her podcast, give it a listen. And you know what? Give her a rate and review yeah. too. Like yeah. spread the five, love. Give me some five stars. Five stars. <laughs> yes. All right. Thank you so much. This was a great, oh, it was good to just like chat through these things. You'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm not as crazy as I thought. So yes, that's my goal. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you well, for having me. Thank you. I'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes on our website, theconfidentcollective.com and find us on Instagram at Confident Collective. And if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories and don't forget to tag us.